comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Get ready for the shock of your life. <laughs> Episode 321. Catherine revved up the microwave, but I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Tonight's episode, turning tangerines into lemonade. Okay, guys, I hope you're sitting down, because I'm about to tell you about a little movie I saw. So it won't take long. Welcome to episode 321. I've got one hour called Iron Sky. Iron Sky? Saw it on the Netflix stream. Wait a minute. Wasn't Iron Man 3 awesome? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. My favorite part was the battle. I like it when that one guy said that one thing to the other guy. I liked it when Don Cheadle said, I'm here, get used to it. And then I went, well, I swear, I had the most powerful sense of deja vu at that point. <laughs> okay, Iron Sky. <laughs> Here's the plot. Is this a better, is this, this is better than Vanilla Sky, right? Yes. This a Netflix thing? Netflix thing. The year is 2018. Wait. The year is 2018. Sarah Palin is president. Wait a Sarah minute, wait a Palin minute. is president. Just or wait. Just wait a second. Or let me get some, some really scary music for this. Or uh, a Sarah Palin lookalike, I should say, not her by name, but or rather, you get the I idea. should say, a Sarah Palin lookalike is the president of America I'm trying to in find 2018. Yeah. Now, now she, more than ever. In a world long defined you're as gonna, being imaginary. You're going to love this. In an outpost. And you're going to love this. This is so good. There we not, go. Not, Listen not. to this. Oops. I'm so, since I've seen this movie, I've been wanting to tell you guys about it. I'm telling so you, since I've seen this genius. movie, I've been wanting to tell you guys about it. It is so genius. It is genius. It is genius, Frank. Okay, ready? Yeah. The year? 2018. The year, 2018. A Sarah Palin-like character is president. A Sarah Palin-like character is president. Her her um, catchphrase? Her catchphrase? Is, yes, she can. Yes, she can. Her numbers are dwindling in the polls. Her numbers are dwindling in the poll. So in order to save herself, she reignites the Apollo Moon program. So in order to save her career, she reignites the Apollo Moon program. But she can't do just regular astronauts. There has to be a twist to it. But she can't do regular astronauts. There has to be a twist to them. So she sends up 
a black guy. So, and get this, she sets up a black guy. And the name of the program is called Black to the Moon. And the name of the program? Are you serious about that? Yes, to I the am. Moon. Okay. okay. On the moon, everything's going fine. They're walking, uh, the head astronaut and the uh, token black guy, which is what he really is. On the moon, everything's going fine, but the white guy and the token black guy come across, come across, Nazis. Space Nazis. No, not space Nazis. Nazis. Pardon me. Regular Nazis. They've been there. Since the end of World War II. Who've been there since World War II. They've been biding their time to come back to Earth. They've been biding their time to come back to Earth. So. So. (laughs) The Nazis, they don't quite have, they, they have the they have the machinery, but they don't have the computing power. But the Nazis, they don't have the machinery. They do have the machinery, rather, but they don't have the computing power. The black astronaut has an iPhone. But the black astronaut has an iPhone. So the Nazis turn the black astronaut white? So the Nazis turned the, am I hearing this right? Yes. The black astronaut, white. And they send a covert mission to get more iPhones to Earth. And they send a covert mission to get more iPhones from the Earth. They get the iPhones. The black astronaut is revealed. A lot of people think he's a crazy homeless guy because... You know, this guy's claiming that there's there's Nazis on the moon, moon Nazis, but... People they, think the black yeah. guy's crazy because he's telling other people about moon Nazis. Pay, the Palin president sees an opportunity. But the Palin president sees an opportunity. No president has never, has ever not been reelected. During a time of war, no president has ever been re- has ever failed to be reelected during a time of war. So, so she declares war on the moon Nazis. She declares war on the moon Nazis using the space station, which is actually a space weapon. A mass destruction called the George W. Bush. Using the space station, which is actually a space weapon, the George W. Bush. It's about the size of the Titanic. Wow, that's big. (laughs) It flies towards the moon. The moon Nazis see what's happening, so they now have iPhones. They gear up their weapon, and it's this spaceship that's the size of Manhattan. (laughs) 
I've got to say, I think this bit's petering out just a tiny little bit. <laughs> no, you got to, you got to hang in there. I'll, and, I will stay the course. What if, what if Bill just stops doing his thing <laughs> and you just finish a, it up for the sake of a three-minute bit that's turned into a half-hour show? So they have a space battle. Although I do like this underneath it. They destroy. I agree. That's really atmospheric and kind of nice. Earth ends up destroying itself because they find out there is a very rare mineral on the moon. The Nazis are the only people now left that are human in the universe. But it turns out the Nazis have vibranium. And credits roll. And the camera pans back and it moves back and the credits roll, roll, roll. And then the last thing you see is the horizon of Mars. Spoiler alert. Why is that significant? It leads you to believe that they are going to, that the Nazis are going to colonize Mars. Oh, I, the Nazis that are left. I thought the big twist was that it was Mars the whole time. It was Mars in an Earth dress. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this movie is so epic, so amazing, so much fun. Lee Bad. Huh? Amazingly bad. No, amazingly good. They play they play the plot straight throughout the whole thing. Lee Bad is in the movie. He has a small role. Guys, please go see Iron Sky. It's it on is, Netflix. It is on Netflix streaming. You know you that not... if we watch it, how many and we, we realize that you're pulling a fast one, fast one on us. You are welcome to call. We're going to give you a swirly. How yeah, you are welcome to because I know it is that good, guys. It's oh my gosh, I can't even. Go, it, it, there are so many great dumb plot twists in this movie. I have a question, Frank. Oh my gosh, how many minutes of my life will I never? Get back. I'll tell you here in a second. It is a mere four and a half hours. No, I'm kidding. Okay. It is uh It's like the Cremaster site. <laughs> hey, look up, look up the tomatometer and see what it says. Oh, okay. excellent idea. Yeah, excellent idea, sir. Uh, I'll go to By you. the way, I've I've returned Don LaFontaine to his grave. While you do that, I will talk about the Tom Cruise vehicle Oblivion. Now, I'm going to go see it tonight, so don't ruin this for me. I saw that. Um, I enjoyed it. I was <laughs> hesitant. I was hesitant. What, do you, what do you find I've got there? the circle of death. Wait. percent For oh, what? Oh, that's sweet. On uh, IMDb? I, yes. That's IMDb? Or that's the uh, tomato? That is it's Rotten Tomatoes. The Tomato Meter. 36%. That's why you see it. God, this movie is good. Okay. In fact, I'm going to one plus it on... <laughs> Oblivion mm-hmm. was Frank. By the way, is the only person I know who uses Google Plus. <laughs> so I'd like to congratulate him on that. Yeah. I, I accidentally looked over to Google Plus one time, and I just happened to see like Frank's feed or whatever. I still don't understand Google Plus. All I know Frank is a serial <laughs> Google Plus publisher. Apparently, whatever you want to call like it, Google Plus. Apparently, people are sharing things with me on Google Plus. Mm-hmm. I got news for you, people. <laughs> You're actually not. Because I've only logged on to Google Plus once a year and a half ago. So you're not sharing squat with me. If you want to get right down to it. I uh, I love that Google Plus is my little secret. It's a lot of fun. 
I don't want you guys on it. Oh no, 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 no. No you argument get to there. Do, you get to do hangouts, and those are fun. Anyways, right, that's cool. Right, Oblivion, Oblivion, Tom Cruise sci-fi movie. The Earth has been destroyed because... Completely destroyed? An alien race uh, attacked, and we won the war, but we lost the planet because the Earth was destroyed. Now, what year are we talking about? Is that, is that told, or is it hundreds of years in the future? Or do no, you know? it's uh, it's sometimes it's sometime this century. Okay, they do they do say the year I think, and it's like twenty seventy two or something like that. It was it was surprisingly close to our current time uh, when I saw the number. the The future part of the movie takes place sixty years after the extreme near future part of the movie. Does that make any sense? Like I, the, maybe the movie takes place in. Um, 2017. Okay. Oh dear. Well, the first the the flashback parts take place in like the Earth. The war happened in 2017, but then the the majority of the movie takes place 60 years after that. Okay. Okay. So, Tom Cruise is part of a two person team that is keeping up with the drones on the planet that keep the big machines. Working the big machines, being the ones that are sucking the uh, water off of the planet, um, and or at least some minerals out of the oceans, <clears throat> because the Earth, population of Earth has moved to Titan, yes. the moon of Titan. Um, and that is Jupiter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right or Saturn? Saturn. Saturn. Yes, Saturn. it's Saturn. I knew that because I read the Ben Bova book, Titan. Anyway, uh, and he's got two weeks left, and he's out, right? Two weeks left on his contract, and then he's going to Titan with the rest of the folks. On the big tetrahedron spaceship that's hovering, that you can see hovering above the planet, that's where um, the people yes. that that task his team with their daily routines, they're on the... It's a, a lady named Sally. She's on the... Tetrahedron. Hey, if you need to spoil anything, just let me know and I'll split for a couple They're minutes. They're part okay? of the... There's a group of humans on the Tetrahedron and that are monitoring the, the machines on the planet that are harvesting whatever it is they're harvesting from the oceans. And when their tour of duty is up as far as monitoring the drones that keep the machines in line, then they get to go to Titan with the rest of the humans. Okay? Because nobody lives on the planet anymore. Except some of the alien race, what they call scavs, short for scavengers, because the scavengers came to Earth and ruined it, you know, and they fought the war in many ways. Some of the scavs still live on the planet. So anyway, it's it's a story about this two-person team, and he starts having memories of another woman. And he, the two-person team is Tom Cruise and his girlfriend, um... Sally. No, Sally's the lady on the tetrahedron above the planet that um, give them their daily tasks to do to take care of the um, machines. Uh, So he's, you know, been involved with this girl, you find out, for the last five years. They they had a memory wipe five years ago, a volunteer memory wipe for some reason. This is not spoiling anything. You'll, You'll learn all this. It's not spoiling any of the, the all things. Right. 
Um, and he starts having memories of this other girl. Then mysteriously, a ship crashes to the planet. One of the survivors in the ship is this girl he's been dreaming of. She saves his life. And then the story moves from there in a way that, that I will not go into because of spoilers. And I don't want to spoil it for Bill because he's going to see it. But, um, you know, a lot of people have said it just was sucked. It, it was awful. I'm not sure what they expected or what they wanted out of it. But I got a good, a beautiful-looking sci-fi movie. Morgan Freeman is in it, which automatically bumps it up a notch, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. It had a couple of twists in it. Um, one article that both Bill and I read said that one was predictable and one wasn't. I didn't see either one of them coming, which was nice. Good. Okay. Um, I really liked it. It's special effects are fantastic. Um, to me, it was not a predictable movie at all. I highly enjoyed it, and now it was one of the only Tom Cruise movies I've seen in which I did not want to climb through the movie screen and punch him in the face. Now, that was, that was one thing I wanted to bring up. You have gone on record that you don't like him, usually don't want to go see his movies. I don't know if you've ever said that, but you don't care for the man. So what caused you to go see it? Because he the is trailer The trailer looked really freaking cool, and I'm a sci-fi guy. I like the sci-fi. You know, um, the only other Tom Cruise movie that I've seen that I haven't want to punched him in. the The biggest one was, uh, I think he did he did great in um, a few good men. I really really liked that movie. Jack Nicholson. You can't handle the truth. You know that, right? One. But Top Gun, I want to punch him. Uh, Mission Impossible movies, I want to punch him. Uh, he was in a recent uh, Jack Reacher. That one was okay, but I still kind of wanted to punch him because he was kind of a doofus. Okay, but I just haven't ever really been a huge Tom Cruise fan to begin with. But this one, there was something different about it. He wasn't he 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 came across as genuine to me, which is what I really appreciated. So I really did like the sci-fi aspect of it. I didn't I didn't anticipate either of the twists. Um, the end. Okay, well, I won't say that. I liked it. And I would say if you like sci-fi, if you like Tom Cruise, and you like nice special effects, go see it. And Morgan Freeman, for crying out loud. One out of five? I'm going to give it a four. I liked it a lot. That's a lot. That uh, That's high praise. I, I liked it. I mean, was it original? Parts of it were. Parts of it, you know oh, Earth had a battle and it got destroyed and we had to leave. You know, you've seen that before. You know, that's not an original idea. But the twists that came with it threw me off. I I liked it. I'm looking up the uh, Three, seven, five to 4 is what I'd give it. Uh, 57%. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm higher than that. Audience... 68%. I'm still trying to figure out uh, who's Joseph Kosinski guy is and how he got to direct this movie. Again, he did Tron Legacy. We got that. But all I can see on M- IMDb uh, is just Tron Legacy and then this, and then he's supposed to be doing the sequel for Tron Legacy. Uh, I've also saw on another site he's been tapped to direct 
Disney's remake of The Black Hole. Mm. Yes, which is intriguing. Because that first movie, I mean, we were we were kids when that movie came out. We were right on the on the cusp of manhood, but we're still enjoying kid like things. And uh, even by those standards, the black hole was highly anticipated and enjoyable. But I don't think it would hold up if you watched it today. It uh, I saw it probably about five years ago, I guess. And um, the ending is somewhat confusing. Yeah, and I don't, uh, I don't quite get what was well supposed to happen. Okay, when they were in the black the, the hole, the theory. Some there are a number of different theories. I, of and black I heard holes. like it's actually hell, well, or it's a no, no, no. That was Event Horizon. Um, what uh, what I'm talking about here is uh, one actual theory of black holes. And I think this is, I think this has been largely disproven. Um, this is like you know speculation back when we were all still trying to figure this stuff out. But a, uh, no, wait, the theory wait, wait. was that a black hole in one part of the universe was basically a pipeline to a white hole in another part of the universe. Because, of course, the, the laws of energy and conservation, energy cannot be destroyed. It cannot be destroyed or removed from the universe. It can only change states. So when you die, that's, that's one reason why they come up with things like the force. Because when you die, your energy has to transfer to something, whether it's dark, whether it's it adds to the dark matter in the universe, whether it becomes a part of the ecosystem you live in, you know, like a Gaia-like a thing, or, or whatever it is. The energy that is a part of you or a part of whatever is not ever destroyed. It merely transfers to another state or transfers to another place, obviously, if you walk, you know, down the block or whatever. Um, so the theory here was that they went into the black hole, and they didn't know what was going to happen to them. I think they had some thoughts. They had some theories, but didn't know. They basically squirt out. Of a white hole on the other end of a wormhole. So the implication, I think, is that they are on the other side of the galaxy, the next star system over, on the other side of the universe. Well, it was Who in knows? between that that there are some actions that take place that are very 2001-ish. Okay. That uh, some imagery that was... This was during Disney's... Was it some time. guy with red face paint, little horns, and a trident going? Ha, ha, well, ha, if you remember, welcome. The, if you remember the cool red robot, I have plenty of bread. And the uh, the bad guy was forced inside of that robot. Ooh, okay, and they went through a hall of mirrors. Okay. I guess you're not recalling that, but that so that was the part of the movie that we really just kind of struggled I, with. I vaguely remember that, and what they were trying to infer w- with that, because it ends with them coming out of it kind of unscathed, and then them trying to talk about was it, now we have to go home. Was it possibly just kind of random imagery? I mean, not 100 percent random, but. You know, I don't, in, I, in in Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, they go back in time, and it's that bizarre, weird, like first generation eight bit, basically CGI, where they're all kind of, they're all kind of monochromatic, and they're kind of floating in the ether, and there's smoke, and and then all of a sudden they like, you know, their little forms crash into water, and you know, or like two thousand one, where it's just. You know, it's just fractals, you know, that kind of thing. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's been a while since I, it, it I seems saw like, it, but from the plot, point, it seems like it was specific enough that it did have a, a, a thought it was trying to. I mean, it, it almost like 
was like Disney wanted you to be on hallucinogens to kind of enjoy it. Walt Disney, he, that dude had a bit of a dark side. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, so I'm looking at Joseph Kosinski, and all I can find before the Tron movies um, is our commercials he did. And I'm trying desperately to figure out because he had to have had some kind of career path to have gone from it's almost like it's almost like, you know, the government, you know, changes identity or something, because it doesn't seem like there's any history for this guy before 2010 when he did Tron Legacy. You know, there was no ramp up. He didn't do he didn't do music videos. He didn't do episodes of Breaking Bad, you know, or The Shield or anything. It's just like he went from basically doing ad spots. There's one, a uh, couple of you might recognize. One of them is um, a BMW on a uh, highway, and it gets refueled by a jet. Uh, there's a there's a, a big old 747-looking thing um, that, that comes in over the top of him, and it, um, it, it comes out and it refuels, but it doesn't refuel gas. Uh, the driver, who you don't see, holds a coffee cup out the sunroof, and it squirts coffee, and it, basically it's refilling his coffee cup, the inference being that BMW gets such great gas mileage that you don't have to stop for gas, ever. That's the inference in the commercial. And technically, it's, it's pretty cool, um, but I, I'm always kind of fascinated when somebody like this, uh, because they said they hired him, um, where is it? Oh, dang it. In uh, 2007... Uh, he moved. He moved from Iowa to L.A. in 2005. In 2007, uh, they Warner Brothers hired him to direct a remake of Logan's Run. So the dude is the dude moves out to L.A. when he's 30. Two years later, Warner Brothers is saying, "Hey, remake Logan's Run." So where were his credentials? And I'm not trying to it's slap who you this know, guy man. down. Who you know? Who you know? That's all it is. I mean, I know. just I don't understand. Um, I mean, maybe this is it. He's the son of uh, Patricia and Joel Kosinski. Joel Kosinski is a doctor, so he just bought his way in. I'm guessing. Maybe he's the maybe uh, he's a yeah. doctor to the stars. Okay, here's part of it though. Um, it says here um, in '05 he began writing a graphic novel called Oblivion for Radical Comics. Yeah, that movie was based on that. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And then in August 2010. Walt Disney acquired the rights. Um, and then maybe that so, was his writer. It's like, uh, if you want to buy it, I have to direct it. Or I get first pick of director. Hey, the yeah. director's me. And that's all cool. But in, in 2010, um, Tron Legacy was in post-production. But he didn't have a resume to stand on. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say, look, you want, you want this, you you know, want this story. I mean, who did this guy know? I'm sorry, uh, audience. I'm sorry that I've taken up about 20 minutes of your life. You'll never get back wondering who the heck this guy is. You're not sorry about that at all. I'm now, a little sorry. I'm more sorry about it than you know, but I'm not as sorry about it as I should be. Now, listen there's a, there's a difference to this. Yes. But I wanted to bring this up, and I want to, I want to see you guys kind of debate this a little bit. Yes. So there's this service out of New York City, and it's coming to the rest of the country. Okay. It's called Ario. How do you spell I this? I love Arios. I'm trying to cut <laughs> down though. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, those cream fillings. Yeah, I but Kevin it. Cronin, that dude. If that dude never sings another line, I will be very happy. Now, yeah. now, let, now you now, can't stop this can't, feeling he, anymore. He can't fight this feeling. Can't anymore. fight this feeling anymore. <laughs> 
I mean, he's forgotten what we were fighting for. I can't remember the I next can't. lines. Darn it. <laughs> there were, there, there but we can all Something about all crashing through your yeah. door. Something, something, something on the forever. Floor, crashing through dun, your door because I can't find this that? feeling anymore. Oh, that's from uh, Survivor. I forgot yeah. it when yeah. I started oh, fighting for. Oh, that's Speedwagon. Oh, it is? Yep. Survivor. Yeah. They had a song called... Eye of the Tiger? No, but they had three other hits that I love. High on You. Okay. High on You. Um... Oh gosh! Don't forget me now. Hold on. Real American hero. Survivor. I think it's too bad that they had to give up the real American hero byline of that uh, that wonderful and historic ad they, campaign. They did. Yeah. How come? Yeah, because nine eleven after nine eleven, uh-huh. firemen and policemen became real American heroes. So they changed the, it to real men of genius. Yeah. So that's that's why that whole thing happened. Because as you well know, it was real. Real American yeah. heroes, yeah. But I mean, did real American? Did, are they doing it out of respect? Or did yes, they yes, respect. No, they, okay. they were not told to do that. They did that because they were uh, real smart. men of genius. Real uh, men of genius. Okay, okay. Ario, Ario. So, what is Ario? It is Ario. Yeah, A E R E O. It's only out of New York City, but it's coming to Dallas. So we sure it's not months. Aereo? Aereo? Maybe it's Aereo. Okay. So here, here's their business plan. You rent an over-the-air antenna from them. Okay? Okay. That's what you're doing. You're renting your own over-the-air antenna from them. Sweet. In turn, they capture all a broadcast television for you, and you watch it on the internet. Now, the added value, you get... Uh, a working DVR okay. to use uh, when you use their service. Okay. So you're on your iPad, yeah. you're on your computer, whatever. You can watch over-the-air broadcasts. Not really a big deal, right? I mean, how many channels are over-the-air? It's pretty you know, stinking revolutionary. Four channels and then maybe some sub- subsidiary channels, so maybe five, six, seven channels. The website says access local over-the-air channels, all the major broadcast networks, and over 20 other channels in high D, in HD quality. Right. And that's in New York. And I think if you bring it up, you can see some of those channels. And they're probably channels that... Mm. The following over-the-air broadcast channels are accessible with an aero remote antenna. I th- it makes it sound to me like whatever city you're in, whenever the service gets to it, you're going to be able to get these, these um, channels. Right. So what is your... Question. So, so okay, so the networks don't like this service at all because they're saying you are retransmitting our programming. You cannot do that. I can see that. Yeah. Our, uh, they, uh, the company is saying, well, now wait a second. This is this is provided over the air. It's free. All you need is an antenna. People are renting an antenna from us. They get their own antenna, one antenna, and they get broadcast television through the Internet. They're not broadcasting. They're simply capturing. They're using another way of getting that. Instead of the antenna sending it to your television, it sends it to your computer via the Internet. Right. So television is saying, uh-uh, wrong, no, you can't do that. 
So much so that Fox said that they wanted to go all cable if this if if uh, Ario said that they were gonna if the courts went in favor of Ario, which they did, because they're saying it's not a rebroadcast. Networks are really kind of concerned about this because it's actually going to take away revenue that they get from cable companies. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Because cable companies do a very similar thing. Um, yeah, they just take it over the air. Do, yeah. Right. But they're actually using a coax cable. Yeah. And so they have to pay to broadcast over the air channels. Yeah. So now. And Basically, the, the, these major networks are worried because it's just like, well, wait a second, you know, cable companies can 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 make can declare this too, and they won't have to pay. And then where are we? So it's like hydrogen cars. It's like, wait a minute, eventually we're just going to get cut out of the picture altogether, right? So it's really kind of interesting it, because to rebroadcast, like with baseball, baseball games cannot rebroadcast. No matter what, can't retransmit it. Nothing. Not without written permission from the. Office of Major League Baseball. Well, I know that during the football season, I can't. When I was at work on Sunday, I couldn't see the game because I didn't have a TV in front of me, and you couldn't pull it up on the internet anywhere mm. without spending a lot of money. This would allow you to do that. So, mm. uh, so like you know, I think it's a great service. It makes a lot of sense to me. I don't think they're breaking the law. I think that they have found a loophole and that they are using it. To its a, to its advantage to their advantage, it, on the uh, how it works link on their website uh-huh. it says uh, we made number one we made the TV antenna unbelievably small so small it fits on the tip of your finger, but it still gets awesome HD reception. Number two, we connected these antennas to the internet. We engineered a way to put tons of these antennas in data centers along with massive amounts of storage and super fast internet connections. Then number three, we give you control. We built a simple, elegant interface to let you control your antenna through the Internet with any device you want, all without cords, cables, or boxes. The hopper. The hopper. The hopper. So, come on, Frank. The hopper. The hopper. Thank you. Shut up! Um, That's what it sounds like. Fine it's with like, me. Yeah, isn't it a great idea? Well, it's But it costs money. Eight bucks a month. Or no, I think I broke it out. The $80 program is like $6.66 a month. Dude, let me tell you something. The subscription of the devil. The only reason that I am not pretty much fine with just telling cable to just go away, telling Fios, which I dig, to just go away, is because I wouldn't get Fox Sports Southwest. I wouldn't be able to see my Ranger games, my Stars games, my Mavericks games. I also miss the NFL Network. I I cut the cord when I moved to my new place. I haven't missed it. Yeah, and and now I do miss some sports. Bill, uh, I find myself going to bars to watch the games. <laughs> That's counterproductive yeah. cost wise. You can try it for free for one continuous hour a day, mm-hmm. and you don't get DVR storage space, mm-hmm. and you get one antenna. You do get pause and rewind, however. You can take a one day pass. One day at a time, no commitment for twenty four hours from the time of purchase. For how much? Three hours of door DVR storage space and two antennas, so you can record two shows at once or watch one show while recording another. Okay. For a dollar a day plus tax, plus ten free days to watch whatever you've recorded. Monthly eight, as much as you want, 
as often as you like from any supported device. You can watch TV, 20 hours of DVR storage space, two antennas, pause and rewind, $8 a month. Dude, that would be a heck of a lot cheaper than buying a new TV for the bedroom mm-hmm. to buy that service for $8 a month and just, you know what? I'm going to whip out my 10.1 tablet. $12 a month gets you twice as much DVR storage space, so now you're up to 40 And okay. an annual, that's 12 a month. Annual, you can pay for a year for $80 a month. That's like... Six dollars and sixty six. That's two free months at the eight dollar rate. Jeez, forty eighty bucks a year is what you're is probably about what you're paying a month. You're getting a year's worth of the service for probably about what you're paying. Supported devices one month. Desktop browsers, PC and Mac, Firefox eleven or better, Chrome, the latest version, Safari five point oh, Opera, Internet Explorer nine. Tablets, any iPad version. Smartphones, any iPhone, iOS 4 or better. TV-connected device, Apple TV Um, or Roku. No Android. I didn't hear Android there. No Android. Okay. Wait, Android tablets? Did they say anything about Android tablets? No. Now, clearly this is something they're going to be working on. Probably. Right now it's only available in... New York City. New York. But, of course, the understanding is that they get to write one set of software for it to be compatible with an iPhone and an iPad, and they have to write possibly 78 different versions of the software or more for it to be compatible with all the different Android devices because it's all open source. It's in New York. It's going to come to Atlanta, Austin, Baltimore, Birmingham, Alabama, Boston, Dallas, Dallas, Chicago, Cleveland, Ohio, Dallas, Denver, Detroit, Houston, Kansas City, MO, Madison, Wisconsin, Miami, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Providence, Rhode Island, Raleigh, Durham, Cal- uh, North Carolina, Salt Lake City, Tampa, Washington, D.C. Yeah, so Kansas hey, City, Kansas? Nope. <laughs> the, so it, Kansas the one City, reason, Kansas. Uh, I like this is that uh, I struggle with, with over-the-air television at where I live. Um, I just don't get a good signal. It's like it's an either-or type of case. You know, it's like I want to watch this channel. Okay, I have to move the antenna to this side. Of the oh, room. I want to watch this channel. I have to move the antenna to this side. Of the you room. need a there roof is no happy, solder there, to the side of your uh, <laughs> condo. There is no happy medium there. Dang it. So I would I would pay eighty bucks a year for this, and but then I would also drop my Hulu. You better make sure nobody's looking before hey, you do that. Hey. Oh. Don't do that in public. It's a $3,000 fine. I, uh, I'm going to keep my eye on this because this sounds interesting. It, I, I'm fascinated by it, and I want it, and I think you can sign up for Pre-register updates. now. I think I pre-registered for it. You'll receive a private invitation to join Arrow up to two weeks before it's available to the general public on May 30th. I you hate to be a conspiracy you know theorist, but I just have such a hard time this would become mainstream because it. this, as far as I can tell, this would this would very likely... This could be a killing blow for traditional cable and, you know, for any of the Fios, Dish, you well, know, DirecTV, any of that stuff. Because you wouldn't need them anymore as well, long as you had a good... Now, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't, but the good thing is is that you would get rid of all those channels that you pay for that you don't watch or you don't want to watch. Or no, you have, but no, here's the can thing you all a cart any of this stuff on the Aereo? You can do one, one a day pass. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. So you wanted to catch that one show. Pay a buck to watch the Ranger game that night? Yeah. It's a lot cheaper than a ticket. Yeah. Um, 
you do have to have internet access to get this, though. Yeah, you probably have to have a, a decent fat broadband signal pipe coming into your house yeah. too. I um, or I you can always go sit in the McDonald's wa- parking lot. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. Reach have, off of theirs and have uh, or if you have a good four G, have a cyber thief uh, steal every uh, password you've got while you're doing it. Yeah. Um, but I'm I I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I think well, I think Frank cable has an iPad. So uh, cable, you know, I you know, get it. Cable is dwindling. Cable is yeah is just I you know that was one reason why I got rid of it. It's just really there was a handful of channels I watched, and yet I was paying all this money for just stuff okay. I wasn't interested. So in. basically, is it 1980 and and cable companies are, are record players? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm starting to get back into vinyl. Vinyl will never go away. It, it, I, I've always said, it, worst case scenario, uh, comics and uh, and records will have the same fate. They'll be they'll be a niche product. There'll always be some physical product produced simply because of the collector's value. I've been hitting up the half price books looking mm-hmm. for old people, records. People I've even will bought always, two brand new Foo Fighter records. I prefer the warmness of an analog comic versus the coldness of a digital right. one. Man. I I read something recently where there is a service that will let you press your own LP. Cool. I'm I I can't remember where I saw that. That's interesting. Uh, I just put press your own vinyl. It was a news story and it was kind of fun and people were doing it just to have now was this just to make their I don't know how it's done. I guess you give them your recording and then well, it, there's they, a machine I'm looking. Was this a record? Who we were talking about this a couple months ago? Were we? the record store in L.A. That was like making albums for people or, or CDs okay. or something, but they were doing it like on demand. And I think the, uh, you know, they were making five or ten bucks a disc. You'd fill the disc up with whatever you wanted. And uh, the record companies were saying that they weren't getting their royalties from it or, or some such. Dang, I wish I could remember what that was. I'm, su- I'm surprised that you guys aren't picking up on this. I, I can't imagine who else I would have talked to about this. I, that guys. sounds familiar. I think you. Mention it to I'm me. I'm looking before. actually at a machine that it looks like it will. Pr- the it vinyl recorder T5600. Yeah. I mean, are we talking a 3D printer here or are we talking yeah. a, a standalone? Are we talking like a 3D printer that can make anything no, or no, are we no. talking a standalone record? No, a record deal. A record right maker here. thingy. You get a raw oh, holy piece cow. of vinyl wow. and then it scratches it, it etches in your the analog signal. That's pretty and then sweet. You have your own LP. Now, I guess the uh, the issue is uh, what's the source? Because clearly, if you're doing that off your CDs, you're defeating the purpose. Mm. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're not you're not downloading MP3s off uh, Amazon and then burning it to a record and go look listen how awesome this sounds. It's analog. Oh, it's, it's warm. This particular item is forty two hundred dollars. So you got to really mm. want it too. I mean, I guess yeah. if it's something you want to, uh, I mean, I could see pressing your if you're a band. Yeah, you know, making your you know you want to yeah. have a vinyl version of your album sure. that would be kind of fun. That would be pretty sweet. That'd be weird because back in the old days when CDs first started coming out, you'd see a, a CD uh, notated on the on the cover of the CD would usually be AAD, meaning yeah. it was recorded. It was recorded analog. It was mixed analog. It was mastered digitally. Right. Every CD is mastered digitally. That's that's the deal. It's a digital medium. So every single CD ever in the history of time will be. An AAD at, at worst. Then you started seeing some bands. I Rush is one of the first I remember, but plenty have done it. Where all of a sudden uh, they became ADD and then right, DDD, yeah. where recorded digitally, mixed digitally, and mastered digitally. And so it's like it's one hundred percent computer from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, but now, so the theory is, that you could download these MP3s off Amazon, and it would be like DDA. 
<laughs> this would be mastered analog to my record, but it's a digital file. And um, wouldn't we deserve to have our entire planet blown up if people started thinking that was awesome? It, it's like that would be right up there with the fresh beer phenomenon of uh, the 1990s. Thank you, Budweiser, you idiots. It's, um, it, it's a very hipster thing to do. To take your uh, to take your MP3 it would be and funny. make it into an analog. So I just so can't whole, li- I just can't listen to digital music. I have to, it has to be analog. Yeah, so, so the whole point is that all you're doing is you're putting. You don't care what it sounds like. You just want to put a record player on a turntable to impress your friends at parties. Yes, it's so nostalgia it could be too, which is why I decided a, to get back into it. It could be a mono 96 kbps MP3. And as long as it's pressed into a record format, it's, it's cool. There's and something awesome about hearing that, warm. that record. You know, yeah, that, there is for sure. I think I have some of that somewhere. Oh man, I'm never going to have my record player working again because I have to buy a needle and I'm going to have to buy a dank preamp. Should get a moon so rock bummed out. I do, and um, I'm going to invest also first in quadraphonic. Oh wait, I've already got the quadraphonic. Um, but uh, I am going to work my way up to Google Phonic speakers in my living room. So that'll be pretty impressive. That'll be that might be better than Dolby Atmos. I uh, the I used to have here it is. I used to have this. This was the last record Show me player dog. I owned, and that color wow. too. A GE wow. Wildcat. It looks like a uh, a suitcase. Yes, those are so great. And this is where you put your little forty five adapter right up here. And uh, man, I haven't thought about this in years. It's wicked. It does. It looks exactly like a brief, uh, like a suitcase <laughs> or a fat briefcase. And oh, the speakers man. are built into the box, so it's self-contained. Oh. You take it to the park or what? And I guess you got to plug it in. Yeah, yeah. No, it's totally. It's it, totally. Uh, but it, I it's doubt just, that runs on batteries. No, at least oh, not for man. long. Uh, one of the last songs I can remember playing on it for some reason was "Take Me to the Pilot" by Elton John. Oh, okay, I don't know why. I thought you were going to say "Take Me." I was expecting River by Talking Heads, and you you threw me so completely, I almost fell out of my chair. And there was much rejoicing. By the way, while we're still while we're working the heck out of minutia, uh, this Kaczynski guy, the director of um, Oblivion, uh, he is an adjunct assistant professor of architecture, where he helps students in three D modeling and graphics. So um, he is an alumni of the Columbia Graduate School of Architecture, by the way. So he's an architect. And uh, he did get the 2007 AICP show. He did get best visual effects for the Gears of War commercial, quote, Mad World, unquote. So and I think I kind of remember that. I wonder if it did it have that uh, that Tears for Fears song. Mad World. Are we done oh, with our is it? topics? Yeah, I guess so. You have some music? Yeah. Speaking of vinyl. Uh, Hit me. Good night, Zoe. Good night. Good night, darling. Uh, this is a trailer for a video game that I thought I remembered seeing at one point. 22 years ago. Yeah? This week that this airs. So it's... It's uh, serendipitous timing. Excellent. 22 years ago, 1991, Primus released their Sailing the Seas of Cheese album. Uh, this week, 
they are re-releasing this album with a new stereo mix. <laughs> um, the Blu-ray dual-disc version of it is going to oh, contain yes. a 5.1 surround sound mix of the music. What does dual-disc mean? One side, is, it over? one side is a CD, <laughs> and one side is a DVD, or in this, this particular case, a, uh, a Blu-ray disc. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. clever. <clears throat> I like that. Um, <clears throat> my Napoleon Dynamite DVD mm-hmm. was a dual disc of sorts because on one side you could put it in and it would play a widescreen version of the film and you'd mm-hmm. turn it over and then you'd get a 3 by 4 version of the film. 4 by 3 whatever. So anyway, Primus is re-releasing their Sailing the Seas of Cheese album. Good night with a new stereo mix. New uh, 5.1 surround sound on um, DVD and Blu-ray versions of the dual disc recording. They're going to have some extra tracks. So I thought in uh, honor of that, I would play a track from Sailing the Seas of Cheese, which was on in my top six list. Oh, it's um, one of the best albums of the 90s. It was, in my, it was in my top six um, albums of all time. God, seeing that, I got to see them and Primus together. I mean, I got to see them and the Pixies together, and still one of the greatest concerts I ever saw. This was not one of the hits. Uh, if you're a Primus fan, you know it. This is the song that really gets the crowd bouncing. Sergeant Baker. Yes. Yes. Sergeant I Baker. Uh, I'm going to play that after Frank reads the boilerplate. You've been listening to a half hour wasted. Proud member of the HHWLOD podcast network. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Leave a voicemail at 972-798-3830. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Bill. I'm Brad.